Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Back at it. Unnecessary roughness in your ear hole for the next three hours. My man, Damon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the house just because, again, we're out at training camp again today. And it's a blessing, man, to be able to be out there each and every day and watch how these bricks are stacked and bricks are stacked and bricks are stacked. And each and every day, that's what the Raiders are doing. They're stacking bricks. They're trying to build that house. They're trying to build that foundation. They're trying to Build this thing up so when September 11th comes, when they take on the Chargers in L.A., they'll be ready to go, locked and loaded, have the true 53 men that they need, and uh, be ready to get it going. So uh, just another exciting day. Of course, we'll be back out there tomorrow, and then there'll be a day off. And we all know preseason game number two will take place on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. That'll be the first uh, home game for the Raiders for the preseason in 2022 so a lot to look forward to uh, coming up throughout the rest of the week a lot to look forward to coming up on today's show got some really good guests to get to that i'm very excited about as always coming up at 2 30 we'll talk to our guy adam hill from the las vegas review journal he's out there practice each and every day talk to him and see what his thoughts are you know it's kind of kind of get his uh his thoughts on the team because i see things one way but he might see things another way and We'll talk about the offensive line. We'll talk about the defense. And today out at practice, we were on the defensive side of field of the field is what I like to call it. Uh, for the majority of training camp so far, uh, as soon as you walk into the practice fields outside, we're right there along the side. And so it's kind of on the same side as, uh, you know, the parking lot is closer to the parking lot. Well, the last couple of days that we've been out there outside, we've been on the far field. And the far field is what the defense usually warms up on and they're usually putting in work. So anytime you see videos and you see tweets and you see pictures coming out of training camp normally you'll see the offensive guys uh, and then you won't see much of the defense because the defense is always on the far field where the last couple times we've been out there we've been there uh, at the far field and the last time we were at the far field we were actually in the corner because there was a lot of fans there uh, like sponsors and PSL holders and so all the stands were full with fans well today there was no fans so we got a little bit more room to spread out I think we were able to go from basically the end zone to about the 30 yard line so we were able to you know kind of get up close and personal with the defense today and actually I'll tell you it was one of more the more fun experiences I feel like uh, because there was a lot of teaching going on as far as the defense goes. And, you know, you got to hear guys like Patrick Graham. You got to hear linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, Jason Simmons, the secondary coach. I mean, you kind of got to hear these guys as they were teaching to the players. And then on top of that, you got to hear the players teaching the other players, especially guys like a Deron Harmon who's already been there, done that, a guy like Max Crosby who's a big leader on this team, Chandler Jones. You know, you kind of kind of got close enough to not necessarily know everything that they're saying, like word for word, but you could tell that there was a lot of teaching going on. And the one thing, one of my big observations from camp today, and we were supposed to talk to linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, and I was going to ask him about this, but he got rescheduled till tomorrow, so that's fine. No problem. Uh, I, I'm going to always look forward when, to, to the time when we get to talk to Antonio Pierce just because I just think he brings that extra energy and uh, just a little bit extra oomph, you know. And so I uh, look forward to talking to him. We'll do that on tomorrow. But I saw, especially when there was a period where, uh, head coach Josh McDaniel said, okay, 
uh, take a break, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, catch your breath, whatever, take a one-minute break, and then we'll get back at it. And then you saw Patrick Graham get Chris Ash, who's, uh, you know, assistant secondary coach. You also saw, uh, you know, Patrick Graham get Antonio Pierce. You saw him get, uh, you know, Jason Simmons. You saw all these guys come together in a huddle, and it's almost like they were coaching each other up. Right, Patrick Graham was giving instructions to the coaches, you know, and Rob Ryan was involved in this. It was so funny. As soon as as soon as Josh McDaniels said, "Okay, take a one minute break, and then we'll get back at it," all of a sudden you heard Patrick Graham, "Coaches, coaches, coaches, come here!" And they all just gathered together real quick, and it's almost like they put a game plan. They had their own little huddle going, and you could tell that there was teaching going on in that moment as well. So that was one of the big observations: is that it seems like there's always teaching, there's always teaching, there's always teaching going on. If it's the coaches with coaches, coaches with players, players with players, it's always some level of teaching going on and I can really appreciate that and look none of this means that they're going to go in 12 or 13 games it doesn't what it means is that they're trying to lay the foundation right they're trying to be prepared as much as possible and I'm a guy that I'm from that uh, that that belief of the most prepared the, the best prepared person is always going to be the most successful person so we'll see We'll see how it all uh, all plays out, but uh, this team looks like a team that is going to, at least at the very end of the day, be very prepared, be taught the correct way, and uh, they go through some drills that are just, you can see that what they're going for, right? You can see you can see what they're looking for. You can see what the action is supposed to look like, and it looks like, to a T, everybody is bought in. I mean, it really does. Uh, you know, I'm looking at guys like John Abram, looking at, uh, you know, Trayvon Merrick. I'm, I'm looking at Amik Robertson. I mean, I'm seeing all these different guys out there just going through the drills and encouraging other guys and seeing what they're doing. And then, okay, seeing this guy do this technique. And, okay, hey, how can I adjust this? And if someone didn't do it right, hey, okay, do it like this. It's just, again, it's encouraging to see the amount of teaching that's going on. So that was one of my big takeaways, but we'll talk to Adam Hill coming up at 2.30 about his takeaways from uh, practice overall. At 3 o'clock, we'll have Mighty Mouse, Mark McMillan, uh, former NFL defensive back. He's going to join the show, and I really, with him, I just want to focus on the secondary. I just, I mean, he was a cornerback in the NFL for a very long time. He was really good at what he did, and I just, again, being right up close to personal with the defense today and really being able to see a lot of the secondary in particular, really just want to dig deep and get his thoughts on the secondary. You know, even the young guys, when was that, you know, oh, the light bulb goes off moment and all oh, they understand what they're trying to do moment. I mean, just all that stuff. I, I want to talk all things secondary with Mark McMillan. and we'll do that coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, at 3.30, uh, Mike Martz. Uh, he was the he was the, the the guy who constructed the 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 greatest show on turf. He was actually on the morning tailgate this morning. Did a really good uh, had a really good interview on the morning tailgate. They had put out a piece on the thirty third dot com, and that's something that myself and Damon we've actually referenced that website a few times here on the show. Uh, it's a new website of uh, former personnel, former coaches, former uh, players in the league. The thirty third dot com is what you got to check out. Anyway, uh, he was on there because he had put out a piece on Derek Carr and how he believes he. He's already a top five quarterback. So uh, he was on there talking about Carr. He was on there talking about Josh McDaniels. He was on there talking about Devontae Adams. And so uh, there's a few sound bites from that interview that I want you to hear. So we'll do that at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. Lincoln Kennedy, who's going to join the show every single Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock, he'll join the show. And uh, we talked about the game that was the Hall of Fame game when we talked to him on Tuesday. Now we'll start to look ahead to this upcoming Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk about some guys in the offensive line. We'll talk about just uh, what he's looking for in general in preseason game number two. We'll just pick Lincoln Kennedy's brain because, well, it's Lincoln Kennedy, and he's a really good guy to go to. He's a good go-to dude. You'll understand what he's talking about. He'll make it so it's very simple so you can understand. 
but a guy that's been in the trenches, a guy that's been on some very good teams. You know, one of the questions I'll ask him is about Devontae Adams. You know, he played on a team with Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. Those guys had to make the defense better, right? Well, how, how much better is Devontae Adams and how much better is Hunter Renfro making the defense right now for the silver and black? Because you know it's coming, right? You know it's coming. There was one drill that I saw today where everybody was, was lined up, getting ready to snap the ball, and I think it was Denzel Perriman said, 20, 20, this is on you. This is all about you, 20. And they were talking to Darius Phillips because they knew the way that the alignment was, they felt like this third down pass from Derek Carr was going to go to the slot receiver, which was going to be Hunter Renfro. And sure enough, where'd it go? It went to Hunter Renfro. And who was guarding him? Number 20. So it's like the defense was diagnosing what was going on. They knew what was going on. They just had to try to stop it. That's the thing. You might know what play is coming but you still might not be able to stop it, right? And so that was, that was something I took away. That was one of my, uh, the things that I picked up on was hearing them just yell out, 20, 20, this one's you. It's coming your way. It's coming your way. And then, sure enough, it did go their way. So there was a, uh, a lot to like today, I thought. A lot of good from the offense, a lot of good from the defense. There was one play in particular that caught everybody's attention that I think everybody who was out there, including myself, tweeted about. And that was about a 45-yard pass from Derek Carr to Devontae Adams, and Nate Hobbs was in coverage. And Vinny Bonsignor standing right next to me, as he usually does, standing right next to me with the ball's in the air. And we both say, whoa, 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 because we want to see what's going to happen. Nate Hobbs is in great coverage. He goes up and jumps up to try to make the, make the play, knock the ball away, come up with an interception, do something. And I even put this like this in my tweet. I think he got to about the third floor. And Devontae Adams jumped up to the fifth floor, right? I mean, it's just like, it's like that, that when you see somebody go up, and you say, oh, he's in good position. And then you see someone go up just a little bit higher and say, okay, he's in better position. That was just good on good. You can't get mad at Nate Hobbs for giving up that one. That's just one of those like, hey, man, you tip your cap and say good play. Right? I mean, that, that's, it was good on good. It was simple as that. And, uh, you know, Nate didn't get discouraged. And, and that's the thing about it. Being a corner, you can't get discouraged. You just got to shake it off and, hey, next play. Next play. Because a guy like Devontae Adams, guess what? I don't care who you are, he's going to win. He's going to win more times than he won't. But iron sharpens iron, and that's what's going on in training camp right now. But that was a hell of a play. And, again, great coverage from Nate. It was just a better play from Devontae, and sometimes it happens like that. But it was funny. Uh, Derek Carr, he actually talked to uh, us earlier today and uh, in, the, in the media session. It was a very lengthy one. I mean, I don't know how many questions he had asked to him. And, Damon, you probably know better because you and Jared, uh, you guys were doing a lot of work in the background trying to get everything cut up. But uh, he was asked a ton of questions. And uh, I didn't think I was going to get my question in, you know, because there was about four or five people that had been pointed out. And then all of a sudden, uh, Will said, hey, Q, if you got one, go ahead. So the very last question of the media session was from me asking about how Derek Carr is seeing that battle, Devontae Adams versus Nate Hobbs, and how they're squaring up against each other. Because we're seeing what we're seeing from the sideline, but D.C. is the guy actually throwing the ball. So here's Derek Carr talking about the matchup between Devontae Adams and Nate Hobbs. Oh, man, they've been going at it. And um, everybody knows how I feel about Tay, you know, just as being one of my best friends, you know. But – you know, Nate, I, I told him all the time, I tell him, I'm so proud of you, man. Keep working. Keep going. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that's been over to my house a couple of times. I've been able to talk to him. He's been able to share with me in his life and his journey and all this kind of stuff. And his mom is great, too. Shout out. Um, you know, um, but I, I think watching watching someone when, when Devontae walks up in a one-on-one, -on -one, right, 
Nate's like, I want the rep. You know, you know, like, you know, he's not backing down. He's like, I want that challenge. You know, if it was up to Nate, he'd guard everybody. You know, he want, and I think that that's what you want out of a DB. And it doesn't matter. You know, you guys have been at practice. If Devontae makes a play or whatever, then boom, Nate's like, I don't care. Next play, and then boom, he'll knock one down. And and that's the competitive uh, spirit that you hope happens on your team. You know, you never want. Uh, you know, people's confidence. I mean, if I was guarding Tay all the time, my confidence would be shot, you know. <laughs> you know, but these these guys, you know, keep competing, and Nate is always, you know, all right, here I go. He's going to get right back in his face, and he's going to cover him and uh, do his best. And that's one thing I love and respect about Nate, and I think that he's flashed a lot of talent uh, and ability. So hopefully it translate into this, translates into the season for him, and he can have a good year. And that's important to hear from Derek Carr because, again, he's the guy throwing the ball to Devontae Adams. He's the guy who's looking for Devontae Adams. And the guy, more times than not, that's across from Devontae is number 39, Nate Hobbs. So he knows how hard he's working. And, and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, from a guy who's out there every single day, and I'm watching to see 39, I'm watching to see 17, Nate is working his tail off. And I don't I, – it's so funny because I don't want to make it sound like it's a surprise – because he did really well his rookie year, but it almost seems like he took a step from where he was last year uh, to a whole nother level this year. And, I mean, again, I've, I've said it for you know, multiple shows now, multiple weeks now. I, I believe he's got a stranglehold just about on that outside corner position. I'll say it again until I'm proven wrong. <laughs> I really am. And we'll talk to Mark McMillan about that. You know, hey, what are you seeing from Nate Hobbs? Because, again, a guy that played the position. He knows what he's going through. Iron sharpens iron. That is what's going on in a major way out there at training camp. That was going on while Darren Waller was practicing. Trayvon Merrick was going up against him a lot, and there was times where Waller was winning. There was times where Trayvon Merrick was wearing, winning. And, and that's all he's going to do is get better and better and better when those guys are having those reps against each other. Now, Darren Waller hasn't been out there for a while. He wasn't out there again today. But, you know, you sit and wait, and you wait for number 83 to return to practice. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Wanted you to hear that quick clip from Derek Carr on Nate Hobbs versus uh, Devontae Adams that's going down in camp each and every day. Adam Hills at 2.30, Mark McMillan at 3, Lincoln Kennedy at 4 o'clock. Thayer Munford, Raiders' seventh-round pick, offensive lineman, he had a hell of a media session. Not because he was breaking down the X's and O's, not because you know he was talking about how excited he is to be in the league, but just because the human side of Thayer Munford came out, and I thought it was fantastic. I really did. I mean, he's talking about, you know, uh, mental health and where he was when he was at Ohio State, where he's at right now, what's helped him get to where he's at. I mean, he just really – he just let everyone know that he is 100% human, right, which all these guys are. But, again, we always get caught up sometimes and look at them like they're, you know, they're Teflon and they're invincible and that nothing could hurt them. Well, they've got things going on as well. And Thayer Mumford had no problem opening it up and saying, yeah, I had a lot of things going on. I still have things going on that I'm continuing to work on. So you're going to hear that full press conference from Thayer Mumford, seventh-round pick, offensive lineman out of Ohio State. You'll hear that at 4.30. So, uh, yeah, man, we got a lot for you on today's show. Very excited about it. Now that you know the guest, now that you know the sound that you're going to hear, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You know, and DeMond, I want to start this and open this thing up for you uh, to start off with. Uh, you know, I'd like to bring you into the show as much as possible. Uh, always appreciate your takes. Uh, we talked yesterday in great detail about who this preseason game this week is, is important for. Who needs to step up and, and really be, you know, be a player? We talked about just, 
just at the training camp in, in general, you know, who, who really needs to show that they deserve a roster spot. Now I want to know from Raider Nation, I want to know from you, to, like I said, to start things off. And, of course, 69187, keyword R&R, and the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Just from your point of view, you're in Allegiant Stadium, you're standing there, you're sitting there, wherever the case may be, what would you like to see? Like, what do you want to see from the Raiders coming up on Sunday as they take the field against Minnesota, knowing this is game two for them, but it's only game one for Minnesota? For me, it's it's got to be offensive related. Like, I want to see, and I know I'm not going to get what I want to see, but I just want to see the playbook expanded a little bit. I'm not saying trick plays or gadget plays, but I just want to see, like, obviously the backups because, you know, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, they're not going to play. But, you know, hey, T. Billy, you know, Amir Abdullah, Zamir White, I just want to see those guys have a little bit more fun out there than they did in the Hall of Fame game because I feel like the Hall of Fame game, it's the meat and potatoes. It's the first game of the season. Let's just see what's happening. But I think they'll be able to explore that offense a little bit more in this game against the Vikings. Okay, I like that. I like that. And I don't know who we're going to see. I mean, I really don't. You know, I've been asked multiple times, you think Carr and Adams will, uh, you know, be out there for a, a series or whatever just because it's the home opener for the preseason. And I'm like you, I don't think so. But I don't know, right? I didn't think that I'd see Josh Jacobs playing in the Hall of Fame game, and I did. Not that I had a problem with it, but, you know, we just don't know. Uh, like we said back when this new regime was hired, we don't know their tendencies until we know their tendencies, Right? I mean, this is all learning experience. Like, they're learning us, we're learning them. And they're not really learning us. I mean, they don't really care about us. But I'm saying, like, they're, they're getting to know us as far as, hey, that's so-and-so, and that's Adam, and that's Q, and that's Vic, you know, whatever. Cool. But we're getting to know them as well, and we're starting to learn what their tendencies are. So this run, we're not going to know, hey, in, in preseason game number two, Josh McDaniels likes to do this. And, you know, I mean, we just don't know that. Next year, we may have a better, you know, better understanding of, okay, this is probably what they're going to do. So I don't know who's going to play, but offensively, I just would like to see them continue to look sharp, right? Because to me, it felt like in the Hall of Fame game, they looked, pretty sharp they looked like they knew exactly what the game plan was the execution of it and you know what I mean by that is is when you know like when when Gruden was the head coach you knew that the first drive was scripted as many coaches have their first drive scripted and that are the first 15 plays let's put it like that and it always looked pretty smooth like everybody was on the same page and then after that 15 snaps like the wheels fell off right because then after that it's like all right what the hell's going on well with the Hall of Fame game, to me, it felt like these guys all knew what was going on, where they were supposed to be, what the game plan was, what, you know, what the approach was going to be, how they were supposed to go out there and execute. I want to see that continued because now it's another game. So preparation. So you would think that the, the maturation of a team, you would think that they would continue to get better over time, right? And now, look, they've had another week to practice against themselves. I think that they're tired of practicing against themselves. I think they're tired of Max Crosby going up against Thayer Munford or Alex Leatherwood or whoever the case may be. I think they're tired of hitting guys that, you know, they know that they can't really, uh, you know, go in and, and, and hit full throttle. I think they're ready to go after somebody that's in another uniform. So with that being said, are they going to go out there and is it going to get a little, will it get a little sloppy? Will it get a little, you know, not, not as tight and disciplined as it was before? I want to see them continue to build off of what we saw week one, which was a disciplined team, a team that looked like they knew exactly what they were doing. There wasn't a lot of confusion out there. I just want to see that continue. I feel like 
you're not going to understand. We're not going to understand, you know, the game plan, the, like you said, the playbook, open it up. I don't think we're going to understand too much of that until uh, the Raiders go take on the Chargers on September 11th because I don't think they're going to open it up and show too much just for the sake of not showing too much. But I do think that continuity and understanding, especially in this game, I think that guys that we saw playing next to each other in week one aren't necessarily going to be the same guys you see playing next to each other in week two. So with someone new next to you, can you go and execute like you're supposed to, right? Can you go out there and do what you're supposed to do? I want to see that one word that we heard, we heard the C word a lot while we were out there at practice today. And before you get your mind in the gutter is communication. 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 That was something that was reiterated so many times. Communicate, communicate, communicate. That's all you kept hearing was communicate. Something I feel like prior Raider teams didn't do very well. Communicate. I even saw a rep, and I, and I pointed it out to Vinny. I saw a point uh, where, where Denzel Perriman was off the field. It was the second team was in. And they're doing the calls, and he has his helmet up to his ear so he can hear the calls. So he knows what's going on, right? He's not on the field. He could be yucking it up with Jayon Brown if he wanted to. He could have been just BSing like, oh, hey, man, what are we going to do after the game? You know, whatever. He could have been doing that. Instead, he was on one knee with his helmet to his ear listening to the play calls. You know why? That, that's communication. That's so he, he hears it. He understands it. He knows what's being called. You know, Patrick Graham, he's got the walkie-talkie in his hand as he's calling in the plays, right? Antonio Pierce, he's calling, making his calls. You know, it's just like there was a lot of really good, in my opinion, communication going on. That's the kind of stuff I'm going to be looking forward to in preseason game number two. In number three, it'll be a little bit different. I think it'll be ramped up a little bit more. But in this one, I just think that the, continue, the continuation of, of understanding what you're supposed to be doing, what it's supposed to look like, maintain that discipline. I did see, you know, snu uh, uh, snu uh, not snuffed, uh, muffed snaps earlier today, right? Multiple muffed snaps. You know, uh, uh, Alex or Andre James, he, he, uh, you know, he put a couple snaps on the ground. Uh, Dylan Parham, he put a couple snaps on the ground. Like, it just it wasn't good exchange between the center and the quarterback. Well, most likely Derek Carr's not going to be out there. So I want to see, can they get those snaps right? Can they be – I mean, it's just the little things. Can you dot the I's? Can you cross the T's the way that you've been doing? If you can, you're building on something. Again, you're getting those fundamentals down to the point where it's almost – you're not thinking about it anymore. So that's what I want to see. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you want to see coming up on uh, Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings in preseason game number two, 702-365-9200. Uh, DeMond, you said we had, uh, who'd you say, Tommy? Tommy's calling from where? Tommy from the Bay. Tommy from the Bay. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Tommy? What's up, Q? Uh, first time uh, caller, long time listener. Nice. I've been coming out here since uh, 2020. I, I'm originally from Milpitas. Okay. Uh, and uh, I know you're from the, somewhere out there in the Bay. Yep. But uh, I'm staying out here from 2020, 2022, six months out of the year. Picked up your show in 2020. I think you and DeMond do an excellent job. And uh, it's such a pleasure listening to radi Raiders radio uh, all day long and all the uh, different uh, shows that come up. And uh, so really, really enjoy that. Uh, our first radio game, I just want to say, was uh, 1968. November 17th, and that's when my dad took me and we saw the Jets, and that ended up being the Heidi Ball game. Oh. So, ever since then, uh, uh, I was turned into a Raiders fan, went to one more other game, and now my grandkids are Raider fans, 
my children are Raider fans, and we're huge Raider fans out in San Jose. You know, uh, nice. that's where I live, live now, but six months here, six months over there. But, uh, you don't know, how, these Vegas fans don't know how good it is to have <laughs> you guys on the broadcast all day long. So just, just excellent, excellent. And I, I wanted to ask you, uh, you also know Guru, Guru too, right, from the Bay? Yeah, yeah, Daryl, Guru Johnson, yeah. that's my guy, that's my homeboy. Yeah, he. Uh, I listen to him when I'm back there, too, a lot, and I've been meaning to hook up with him. But uh, I was just wondering, are you going to be uh, at that card show this weekend, the uh, sports card show? Because I know the radio station is going to be there at Tuscany Casino. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I know my guy, Jared, is going to be there from uh, from the press box, though, on ESPN Las Vegas. I may make an appearance, but you know it's Saturday. I got to get that haircut, man. I got to get the hair right, man. I, I missed my haircut last week being in Canton, Ohio. So I'm going on two weeks right now without a haircut. Bruh's looking bad. <laughs> a bruh's looking bad. So I got to make sure I get my haircut uh, nice and bright and early on Saturday morning. And everything after that is gravy. So I'm going to try to make an appearance up there just to go check it out. But I'm not 100% sure, uh, like I said, because I got to get up in there and get, get the haircut, get ready for Sunday uh, for the game at Allegiant Stadium. And, uh, yeah, man, shout out to Milpitas, man. I got my, I think I got my first cell phone in, in, uh, in Milpitas. <laughs> DeMond always, how does Q have a story for everything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. But also, man, like, no shot, to, you know, getting old. But man, that's how long ago was that? Oh years? man, I, it was a brick phone. It was a brick phone. It was one of those old school Ice T New Jack City phones, right? Oh, one of those. Yeah, antenna or whatever. Yeah, I got it right there at that cell one. It was a, it was a spot that you, I, I, I could picture it in my head, like it's, it's, like it's. I'm looking at it right now. You're driving down 680. You get off the, uh, the highway at 237, I think. I think that's the number. You get off at 237, you're crossing over to San Jose, which is the 880, but there's that little strip in between, and then right to the right, there was a cell one store right there. That's where I got my first cell phone, and there was a big old hotel right across the street, too. I went to a couple bachelor parties there. Not mine, but other people's, obviously. I uh, went there and hung out there as well. So there you go, man. That's my. Oh, and the Great Mall's in Milpitas. That's my, uh, that's my claim to fame when it comes to Milpitas, so... There you go. I'm sticking to it. But, uh, Tommy, thanks for the call, man. Make sure it's not your last call. I definitely appreciate you. Coming up next, Adam Hill from the RJ. He was out at practice today. I want to get his thoughts. What did he see? What were his biggest takeaways? This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line from Raider at T. She said, I'll be there this weekend. I want to see a touchdown on our opening drive, and I want to see Nate Hobbs give some Seawood energy. That's the response to my question of what are you going to be looking for this Sunday in preseason game number two against the Minnesota Vikings. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio right now on the phone lines is our guy Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, also on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, part of Cofield and Company. And Adam, from your point of view, what are you going to be looking for in preseason game number two? That it's one more game closer to being the end of the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you over it? I'm, I'm over it at this. I mean, it's one game. One preseason game is more than enough. I know the, the talk was, you know, a couple of years ago, hey, we should cut it down to two. Like, I think one, I don't want to eliminate the preseason, but I think one game is enough, man. I'm, I'm over it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned you're over it. I, I was going to ask about the players in general just being out at training camp. To me, it feels like they're over going up against each other. It seems like it's getting a little chippier and chippier. Not fighting, but chippier and chippier because they just want to hit someone that doesn't look like them. 
Oh, for sure. And we saw, you know, the first training camp fight the other day, and uh, they went back to that drill again today, and you could tell. I mean, it, it's a... It's an intense drill, and it's hot. It was hot as heck out there today, man. Yep. Um, so you you understand it. You understand why the emotions are going, and I do not get concerned. Like, I love talking about training camp fights and watching them and seeing how they develop, but I also don't think they matter, right? Like, I, I think that they just happen. It's just tensions that kind of flow over. So, you know, when we, when we were tweeting about the fights the other day, uh, people were like, it happens. Yeah, I understand it. It's still fun to watch it and to talk about it and to, to analyze it. You understand why it gets there. And yeah, I, like I'm kind of joking about being over the over the season. I'm excited to get back in the Legion. I'm excited to watch the game. I'm excited to see some of the young players play again. Uh, but to me, like the the thing that's circled right now on my calendar in terms of preseason is uh, is those joint practices against the Patriots that are coming up, and they they really that's when a lot of work gets done. And you know, it, it sucks that for the most part fans don't get to see it. Uh, but they're they're going like a lot of ones on ones, ones on twos, live hitting. Um, really going through a lot of what they want to do, and they can get a ton of game situations done in a short period of time, which is very, very helpful uh, for the teams and their development, and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to right now. Talking right now with Adam Hill here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Today we were on really what I like to call the defensive side of the field uh, for the practice fields, and I feel like we got a really up-close and personal view of a lot of the defensive drills. Was there anything that stood out to you from what you saw from the defensive guys that were kind of standing right in front of us? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, they're not really hitting uh, in right. training camps. So you don't see much of that. Uh, but to me, I'll go back to you know what I just said that they they did that drill again, where you know a fight was kind of sparked the other day in practice, and it's essentially a one on one pass rushing drill. And I I think that the defense kind of dominated that drill last time, and that's really what led to the fight is that the, the offense kind of went you know they kind of played beyond the whistle a little bit because they were getting very frustrated with what was going on. But I think it was fairly encouraging today that, you know, the offense kind of fought back, and I thought the offensive line had a little bit better day uh, against some of those defensive guys. I think they held up. I mean, they still got to the quarterback. You know, the, the representation of the quarterback wasn't an actual quarterback back there, but they still got to him a couple of times, but I thought the offense held their own much better than they did last game. So I thought that was a, a pretty intriguing thing to watch. And then uh, they also did a drill where safeties were kind of backtracking and try to spot the ball and intercept it through some traffic yeah. that they generated with uh, with the pads. And, man, there's a reason some of those guys are playing defense. <laughs> <laughs> true. True facts right there. That's Adam Hill from the RJ here with us on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Adam, speaking about that offensive line and its continued improvement throughout this training camp, First off, do you feel vindicated with all the Lester Cotton hype that you started? <laughs> I'll give you the flag. You know, you were the Thank first you. person to be saying, hey, Lester Cotton, he's the man. He's going to be starting at right guard. And have you seen from some of those guys behind him on the rookies on this offensive line, have you seen some improvement from them since the start of camp? Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think you, I think you saw a little bit today. You saw the, the guys fighting back a little bit uh, on the offensive line and, and holding their own a little bit. And I'll, I'll use this opportunity instead of, instead of talking about how they are on the field of play. Um, and I'm sure you guys had some sound bites today. Man, Thayer Munford, really, really impressive yeah. kid. And yep. I, it pains me to say that. Pains me to say that as somebody you know from Ann Arbor, uh, who you know grew up as an obsessed Michigan fan. And you know my my dad, if we're traveling somewhere, will try to drive out of the way to drive around the state of Ohio and won't stop in Ohio for food or gas uh, because he doesn't want to contribute to the state economy. That's how I was raised. So to say a kid from Ohio State was an impressive person is tough, but I, I really, really enjoyed um, kind of getting to talk to him a little bit today and, and seeing how comfortable he's starting to get and how uh, how open he is about 
what he went through and his battles kind of starting in, in OTAs and now where he is now. And I thought he's, I, I thought some of the, some of the mental approaches that he's taken and some of the strides that he's taken mentally have really showed up physically and how he's kind of performing out there. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody needs to get carried away and say, Oh, this guy's going to be a star or anything like that at this point. But I think you're seeing the strides physically, uh, come from all the work he's doing mentally, and I think that you know is very promising for his future. Yeah, and Adam, we're going to play the whole Thayer Mumford uh, presser at four thirty because I just think it was that good, right? I mean, just I think we learned a lot about that young man. How impressive was it that he is a rookie and was op- was willing to open up the way he was? I mean, really without prompted, he just w- opened up and had no problem talking about and and almost humanizing himself and making him say like, "Yeah, I have struggles too that I'm still working on to this day," but. That's okay because I'm, I'm going to be better for it. I was impressed by him being a young dude and still being able to be open and honest with us. Yeah, and I think, I think you just see how, how comfortable that he is and how, you know, how open uh, he is about you know, what he's gone through and, and how he's trying to address that. And I think that, is, that shows like, how much progress you've made, right, that you're able to talk about it because I think a lot of people deal with those same type of things. Um, and it's tough to take that public. To, to go public, and he doesn't have to. Right. That's one of those things in the locker room. Those those things tend to come out a little bit more because you're having you know more in depth conversations, more intimate conversations with guys when you're sitting down and talking to them in the locker room. But on the podium, you can really talk around that. You don't have to address a lot of those things. You can just kind of give standard answers and stale answers. But he clearly didn't want to. He was cool talking about it. He almost almost got too comfortable, as you'll hear that. Uh, <laughs> you know, he almost he almost trashed his fiance. I was like, bro, you right? Calm it on down. <laughs> But he, you know, he caught himself and he laughed and he said, "She's a great girl, love her, uh, love her very much." But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was very cool to see how how comfortable he was really talking to the media and, and uh, being honest about you know about his development as as a player and as a person. And you know, he recently engaged, uh, he recently got engaged. He proposed uh, to his now fiance, and he talked about you know the anxiety of that and the anxiety leading up to it. And um, you know, it's it's just something he deals with, and, and it's. It's not unique to him, certainly. It's, it's many, many people that deal with those things. Uh, but, you know, I think to, to take control of that, to, to empower yourself to speak about that was, uh, was definitely a very cool thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. We're talking with Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, Cofield & Company. And uh, what have you thought about Max Crosby, man? Last time, last year at this time, I was saying, man, he looks fast. Well, we know he's fast. We know he's good. But he looks like, to me, that he's taken a, even another step. What have you seen from Crosby so far in camp? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's certainly the case. Um, and we know that he's going to, in the pass rushing drills, he's going to dominate. I think the strides that he still needs to take certainly are in the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the next step. You know, he he did last year. He he improved in that aspect, but I think there's still progress to be made there. Um, and you can always develop in your strengths. But his, it, you know, we know what he can do as a pass rusher. That's not in doubt. Nobody needs to sit there and watch him dominate drills and the pass rush <laughs> pass rush drills and know that he's going to be very good there. But you know, does he take that next step, recognizing things uh, on the field and and you know. Being an all the you know a three dimensional uh, player that can do a little bit of everything, uh, that's what we that's what we want to see out of him. That's the next step to see out of him. But yeah, in terms of pass rush drills, especially the fact that he goes 150 percent in every drill uh, <laughs> is you know he's going to be able to dominate and he's going to do that. But yeah, he looks he looks sharp and crisp and all those things. Uh, there's no question about that. And uh, you know he, he's he's not only you know a great player, he's developed as a leader and all those other things. Uh, he, as I, uh, you know, I was making the case yesterday. He single-handedly destroyed 
what we used to know of as the Pro Bowl. And I think we're going to see it in a different form this year. But he ruined it by going 50% when everybody else was going 20%. He showed how silly that thing was. He's going to be known forever as the player whose effort destroyed the Pro Bowl. <laughs> what a great thing to be remembered That by. is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, sticking on the defensive side of the ball, but moving back to the secondary, Deron Harmon, I feel like he's getting so much praise for knowing the playbook and coming from a winning tradition with the Patriots that I think that he's being a little bit overlooked on what he's actually going to provide on the field. What have you seen from him, and what did you learn about him as a person with that recent piece that you put out for the Review Journal? Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, it's, it all starts with his leadership ability um, and, you know, what he, what he can bring. You know, as you, as you said, familiar with the system, played in it for seven years in New England. He's played with two losing teams the last two years, and I think, I think that really is a, a benefit. I think that he was able to play for so long in New England, get so comfortable there winning every year. He's seen the other side in Detroit and Atlanta. He's seen what, what can happen when things don't come together, when you don't have – all the pieces fit and, and that you can go through these ugly losing seasons. And so I think he kind of, he brings that both perspectives to, to the team of, yeah, this is how you do it to be a winning team. And this is what can go wrong to be a losing team. And I think that really benefited him uh, in terms of stepping into this situation where they expect to be a winning team this year. Uh, so he brings that, uh, certainly brings ability on the field. Uh, they, they talk about him kind of just being drawn to the ball. The ball gets drawn to him. No matter where he goes on the field, like he just seems to find it. He deflects balls all the time that lead to interceptions out on the practice field. Uh, he's knocking balls down, and um, he, you know he just—he's always around the ball, so he's always making plays on it. So that's what he brings uh, on the field. But you know what I was very interested in is, is his his activities off the field, and the fact that he's been certainly a leader uh, in terms of social justice and, and fighting to make change, and uh, part of the players' coalition, which has done so many great things as well. Um, and he just said, look, the, the last two years kind of bouncing around, it's been COVID. I haven't been able to get out in the community. I don't know anybody. It's my first year in a couple of different places. And I haven't been able to establish myself in the community the same way I did in New England and do all this work. So uh, he's working on it, and uh, and he wants to do that here. He's going to have his first charity event coming up very soon. Uh, and he he wants to make as much of a community or a, a difference in the community of Las Vegas as he does in that Raiders locker room. And I, I think... You know, he has all the traits to do that, so I'm looking forward to that. And, I, I, I you know, we did get the invite to the, uh, the karaoke did. jam. So I, I was wondering, what song are you guys doing? That's I, You know, it's so funny. I was about to ask you, and DeMond probably doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, Deron said that he's going to have a, uh, a, a, a karaoke night, right? And that was going to be part of his community event. And so what song did he say that he, he, said that he sang for, for – uh, It was, I think, Just Friends Music Soul Child. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's what it was. So – so yeah, I was gonna ask you, but let's let's put Demond on the spot. What's your go-to karaoke song? All right, I've already won a karaoke championship earlier this year. Oh, you're special. Exactly. Huh? So uh, making my dreams come true by Hall and Oates tears down the room. <laughs> of course he would. Of course he would. I'm assuming that that's Perump coming out in you some more. What man? Hall and Oates is universal. I understand. I'm just saying for you. I'm assuming that that's just Perump coming out in you. I mean, call it what you want, man. I call it a hit. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm terrible at karaoke. I'll be the first one to say that. I always make up words that aren't there. And then okay. when I actually read the words, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that was the real word. But me and my homeboy, uh, when I was back in Texas, my homeboy, uh, Moni Moan, who's actually a rapper, me and him went up there and did nothing but a G thing. And it was more nothing. It was more like nothing but a U thing. I mean, it was awful, right? It was bad on my part. So at the end, right before we finished, he's like, I can't do this with this guy. He's terrible. So I guess I'd try nothing but a G thing again and see how that works, but I don't think it's going to work out very well. But what would you go with, Adam? So, I'll, I'll, you know, I do the same song quite often. 
and it, it works. It definitely it definitely brings down the house, as uh, Demond said. Uh, Humpty Dance, and it might be a little too old for Demond. He might not even know, but I know that's right down Q's uh, yes, alley. Yes, that's awesome. Can I be a backup yeah. dancer for you? Sure, I, I call everybody to the dance floor before I start, <laughs> and yeah, we uh, we crush it in there. Nice, I yeah. like that. I'm already look. I'm already all the way in, man. I'm doing the Humpty Dance right now. <laughs> Wow, I like that. Good stuff. Well, hey, look, that's a mic drop moment right there. Adam Hill doing the Humpty Dance. That is a mic drop moment. Well, you already mentioned, DeMond mentioned one of your pieces that you put out on the RJ. What else you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? I'm actually, I took a break from writing a little bit about Malcolm Coots today. So I'll, uh, I'll have that. And then uh, we are way deep into the special section about the Raiders season. And it's going to be like 60 pages from all of wow. our, myself and all our colleagues getting ready for the start of the season, so definitely look for that in a couple weeks. All right, done deal. Well, Adam, we appreciate you as always, my man. Good stuff, and I'll, I'll see you out there tomorrow. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Talk to you guys. All right, there he goes. Adam Hill from the RJ, also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. And what you know about the Humpty Dance, Damon? Adam Hill with the Humpty I would. If he said, come on out to the dance floor, I'm there. I could do the Humpty Dance. I just can't. I, I just can't. I can't do no rapping, no singing. I'm terrible. I'm awful. I don't know the actual dance, but I know the song. Oh, the dance is easy, dog. All I can picture is people just like waving their hands in the air, like one of those. No, it's but, not. No, no, uh, it's, I don't know. No, it's it's. it's I don't know how y'all was getting down back. Oh, then. hey, it's it's this stuff right here, man. It's oh, I, I can mean. Do that. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, you can. You like I said, it's easy. It's an easy dance. It's I, I, I'm not I'm not that new generation cat where all the dances are real difficult to do, and you got to do all this weird gyrating. Like I see my son start doing some dancing, and I, I like I tear a hammy or pull a hammy just looking at what he. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, oh, dad, that's easy. I was like, yeah, <laughs> easy for you, easy for me to pull a muscle, man. I won't be able to get out of bed for a month. So yeah, but that's awesome. I, I want to be there for the Humpty Dance. That'd be great. That would be great. Digital Underground, shout out to Digital. I always wanted to be Money B because everyone wanted to be one of the guys in, in the group, right? So there was Shock G, there was obviously Humpty Hump, and then there was Money B. I wanted to be Money B. They're the same person. No, no Money no, B is no, no, a different dude. Is Shock G, is that not the same as yeah, Humpty? Yeah, he is. But, oh, okay. but for, for a while, people didn't really realize that. It took a little while for people to put two and two together. At least where I was from, it was like, hey, is that the same guy? Well, they're in the same place at the same time. Dude. He's got a fake nose on. That's all it is. But, yeah, it took, it took a quick second for people to realize that. But it was a hell of a gimmick. It really was. It was great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, man. But, I, but Money B was the guy. I always thought Money B was like the ladies' man and everything. I mean, he was – so, of course, that was the guy I wanted to be, right? I wanted to be uh, – well, Shock G had some game, too. But I couldn't be – I couldn't play two roles, man. It's hard enough playing one role. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Many thanks to Adam Hill from the RJ for joining us, giving his thoughts on what he's seen for practice and training camp so far leading up into this upcoming weekend's game, preseason game number two. 2.46 at a time. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. The Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What are you looking for? What is it that you're looking for in week two going up against the Minnesota Vikings? It's their first preseason game, but it's the Raiders' second one. So what will you be looking for? Let us know about it. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Hey. Hey. Little healthy dance action right here. Everyone's doing it. All my. Hey. The image and the style that you used to. I look funny. But y'all making money, see? So y'all world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new. Amos. 
All right, I'm stop. I'm done. I'm done. Like Demond's like, shut it on down. You started it. You started it. You should have known that I didn't have no control. You should have known I had no control whatsoever. Oh, shout out I'm to Fargo Raider. I wanted to shout out to Fargo Raider who, uh, who, who all of a sudden, quick, fast, in a hurry, photoshopped my picture onto uh, Shock G's face or Humpty Hump's face. That was pretty funny. Tweeted it at us at R&R 920 AM. Appreciate you, Fargo. That's hilarious. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R from Mailman Raider. And for the karaoke, I'd like to see Q pull off the hype man to DeMond singing Hall and Oates. Laughing my ass off. <laughs> you can be my Oates. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm going to need you to rephrase that, homeboy. <laughs> Make me sound like I'm your son or something. Like, come on. Come on. Come on, little dude. Come on with me. Unbelievable. I'll be your, I'll be your hype man. I got your, I got your back. Uh, Mailman Raider did hit us up with something that he's looking forward in the, in the game to on Sunday, though. That's the question I threw out there on the Salmon Ash text line. Also, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Got Mark McMillan coming up at 3 o'clock. Say, Q, if we got no starters out there, I'm just going to look for who's out there balling. Who's out there doing the most to steal somebody's job? Maybe we also see somebody get a ton of playtime who we think is safe, but they're the ones that surprise, get the surprise cut each and every year. That's a good one right there. Uh, yeah, of course, you always want to look for the ones standing out. Like, we're going to talk about people right now. We're going to talk about certain players that we're going to look for. And then on Monday, we're going to say, man, did you see so-and-so? Man, that person looked good. Like, I didn't go into the Hall of Fame game thinking I was going to come out talking about Zamir White. But I came out talking about Zamir White and the way that he played. And that I thought he looked really good. Who else uh, stood out in, in the uh, Hall of Fame game? Uh, I didn't really know I was going to come out of it talking about T. Billy kind of being inconsistent. That's, uh, you know, that's one thing. He came out being a little inconsistent, but I think he has an opportunity to show something, a little something, something. He looked good again today in practice. I mean, that's the thing. T-Billy looks good in practice. I think all these guys are working really hard. I'm seeing, the thing about it is what I really respect from guys like T-Billy, Demarcus Robinson, all those guys, they're out there working hard on special teams as well. So it's not like they're just trying to be wide receivers. They're out there saying, hey, whatever it takes, whatever I need to do to be – on this team is what I'm going to do. So I really do respect that. They obviously want to be wide receivers. They obviously want to be that third or fourth wide receiver. But also to know that they need to carve out a niche on special teams to be able to make that roster spot, you know, worth that roster spot, I think that that's a, a big deal as well. So that's the question that we're asking you is, what will you be looking for on Sunday in preseason game number two as the Minnesota Vikings head to Elysian Stadium. Let's go ahead and hit the phone lines at 702-365-9200. And we have Raider Rob from the 702. You're up. What's up, my man? What's up, Q? What's up, Doc? Um, you know what? For me, it's my first time out at Elysian Stadium, my first game. I've been to the stadium tour. This is my first game. And, uh, you know, a little offended by what Adam Hill said, one preseason game is not enough especially for us uh, working-class folks. This is probably the only game I'm going to get to, so I am lit about that. You know what I'm saying? And I want to see who's out there, just like Mailman said, who's out there to take somebody's job. You know, there was a couple people that flashed in week one. I want to see how they continue. And you know what? Dog, T. Billy, what the blank? You know what? The first time that dude shows up on the field will be the first time. That's all I got to say because – all this noise you guys be creating with practice and T-Billy this, T-Billy that, dude look like tragic Billy. Wow. That, That's look, all I got. All right. Hey, good call. Good, good passion behind the call. I don't think he looked like tragic Billy. I think he looked like he was inconsistent. 
I, I think that um, – I don't think that anyone's really – I think he created – I don't know how, though, but he really created a fan base on his own, right? I don't think anyone really pumps him up because I haven't seen anything outside of, you know, him stretching the field and looking like he could play the role. I haven't seen anything that was worthy to come back to the radio station and say, oh, man, this guy is shining. You better watch out for him. I don't think that's the case, um, but I do think he has a, a, a role on the team. He just has to show some consistency. And I think that's what lacked on uh, on Thursday at the Hall of Fame game. But, uh, I, I, hey, man, shout out to you for being able to head to Legion Stadium for the first time. That is pretty cool. I will say that. That is really cool that, you know, you look at this as like, hey, this might be the only time I get to go, so I'm going to go. That is awesome. And that is what the, you know, the preseason uh, is also for. You know, we sometimes, and I know I'm guilty of it as well, we sometimes forget that, you know, the fans are involved as well. You know, we start getting caught up in our job and what we got to do. It's like, man, we just want to get to the regular season. And, and we think that the fans want to get to the regular season as well to see the games that matter. But as far as going and attending the game and being inside of Legion Stadium, and it might be the first time and last time you see a game, you bring up a good point, man. I appreciate that. Great call. Thank you for, uh, for chiming in on the show. 2.56 at the time. Keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword R&R. What would you be looking for? Coming up on Sunday in preseason game number two, as we come back, we'll be talking to Mark McMillan, former uh, defensive back in the league, played with the Eagles, played with the Chiefs. He knows a little something, something about the secondary. We'll talk to him about that as we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920.